Hi, welcome to you, me, and CV. I'm Mike. I'm Gia. And today, we're going to be talking about the pilot episode of Not the Altos, Not the Three Tenors, but The Sopranos. The Sopranos! Oh, that was good. Were you a soprano when you were in the choir? I was. Well, I was technically a second soprano. I don't know what that means. Well, it means you don't get to sing the melody because melody, the sopranos do that, the first sopranos. Uh-huh. And you don't get to sing like the normal melody because the altos do that. You're singing like this weird in-between part. Can you sing us a little uh, weird in-between part of a song? No. Oh, all right. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to be talking You wouldn't want to hear it. It doesn't sound good. Nah. It sucked. But your singing voice, beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're going to be talking about the sopranos and uh, Gia... Give us some information about The Sopranos. All right. So it was created by David Chase and premiered on HBO on January 10th, 1999. It aired for six seasons and all six seasons are available to stream on Amazon Prime and on HBO. But you don't even need HBO. If you just have Amazon Prime, you can watch the whole series. So that's pretty cool. And uh, hey, let's start it off. Let's take a look at the uh, description. So this is from HBO and... uh, most of you listening are probably at least somewhat familiar with The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what we got on this HBO description. It says, Hailed as one of television's essential dramas, The Sopranos follows James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano, husband, father, and mob boss, whose professional and private strains land him in the office of his therapist. Mm-hmm. Do you think they used that description in the original promotion where they just said, hailed as one of television's essential dramas? Yeah, they just started out that way. <laughs> they you were like, this is the most important show of all time, whatever guys. whatever you want, and that makes it true. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I would be curious of what the original kind of, you know, description was, but um, right, but that's what they got there. This was like the first, like, prestige television show. Like, this is kind of regarded as like a turning point well, in like, the history of TV, right? When we watched the, what was it, the TV of the 2000s or oh, something yeah. like that? they talked forever they, about those They talked forever. But they, I think they also talked about shows like Oz from the 90s. Uh-huh. Um, unless that was a different documentary. There was something on CNN that we watched. And Is it the one that was hosted by Rob Lowe or no? You know what? I don't I don't think it was. Uh-oh. But um, but they had talked about Oz, which was another show on HBO that kind of started that, you know, breaking those boundaries. But The Sopranos mm-hmm. was like, to the mainstream yeah. doing that. Yeah, so. and so because of that, like we definitely had heard about The Sopranos, but we'd actually never watched it. We never watched until it. Until just now when we watched the pilot to do this podcast. Yeah, so exactly. all we've seen is the pilot. That's all we've seen. So this will be a spoiler-free podcast mm-hmm. unless we um, inadvertently spoil something yeah. because we, we're just making predictions. Yeah. Now, we might, I don't know if we'll reference, I guess we'll try not to reference the ending, but I feel like most people know how the series ends, but I don't want, right. I guess we don't need and to I talk ha- about I that. I actually know, I know what the final scene of the final episode yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, like, people have talked about right. it a lot. I don't know anything leading up to yeah, it. I, don't know. I just know I don't that know that's... anything in between the pilot and that final scene, but... Yeah, but yeah. I guess we won't really get into yeah. that or anything. But, but, but I do what wanna... we knew going into it was that this is a show about... Um, a guy who's involved in the mafia. Right. Um, I think everybody knows that about the show. Uh-huh. What I didn't it, know and what you do get right from this HBO description is that there's like this framing mechanism for the story of he's going to a therapist. Right, and, yeah. Well, I knew that because uh, I think I'd, I'd seen little bits of it and stuff like that. But, you know, mob, mob boss is going to the therapist. I mean, that was, that was a hot uh, property in the 90s. You got to analyze this. You've got analyze that. Oh, I've I've seen I haven't seen analyze this, but I did see analyze that. But I don't even remember that that was a, the plot of that. So stupid. I don't remember anything. You about saw it. analyze that, but not analyze this. I did. I've seen neither. They look stupid to me. <laughs> but um, no, anyway, that just made me think. Kind of what 
Do you have any sort of memories of this when it was on? Because we were, you know, middle school, high school, high school more so probably, but in college a little bit. But do you have memories of it when it was on? Because it was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, I remember that it was a cultural phenomenon and that like people would be talking about it, but we didn't have HBO. So it was like, I wasn't watching it. My parents weren't watching it. Nobody I knew was watching it, but I knew that it was like, a big deal that it existed. I suppose I had similar feelings about, um, I guess, Mad Men when it came out too, mm-hmm. where yeah. where that was, you know, it was like, seems like a show that maybe I'd like. And, uh, but, you know, until streaming, it was like, I'm not going to find a way to, I'm not going to buy DVDs of this show. That That's for sure. Yeah. And Mad Men's actually a good comparison to The Sopranos because um, we, we talked about Mad Men uh, a while ago on our podcast. It was created by Matthew Weiner, who was actually a writer on The Sopranos. Right. A writer and I think a producer as well. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking too, you know, uh, my memories of The Sopranos. So I vividly remember um, there was like a t-shirt that like a lot of people would wear and it was always like the kind of dorky kids that were like, like in high school that were like, or maybe thought they were a little cooler than they were. And it was this simpsons t-shirt that it said the simpsons but it was like the sopranos logo and they were all looking like mobsters well it was lame (laughs) so uh, i remember that and uh but other than that i never really watched it i do think my roommate in college like my sophomore year adam who listens to the podcast um, i think he watched this show i think i remember him watching it and i so i kind of saw like a little bit you know from time to time if he was watching it on hbo college no it aired for six seasons and it came out in like 19 or what do we say 1999 yeah it would have been around like 04 05 at least i don't even know if the seasons came out each year too you never know yeah um but uh anyway let's uh i don't have a lot of background information on the show you know we just kind of talked a little bit about one little background detail i did find is this pilot episode was actually uh filmed in the uh summer of 1997 but then it wasn't picked up to series um for about a year later so yeah that's a uh i guess a fun fact and can i we think say? at one point in the episode they mentioned that it's 1996 there's they? like a banner during a volleyball game that says like regional finals 1996 yeah so the the episode is actually set three years earlier than when it actually aired maybe so i don't know if that gets resolved like i don't that think time that i don't see gets resolved at all throughout the series i'm assuming they just ignore that behind. i don't i'm I don't assuming know. they just ignore that but i guess you know i guess i don't really know yeah we don't know we have no idea what happens None. after this first episode <laughs> that could just be though that could be something that's like a goofs on imdb yeah. or whatever like in the uh-huh. first episode it was 1996 but now it's 1999 in the second episode those idiots um (laughs) anyway uh let's talk about this episode though let's kind of get into it let's read the episode description i will uh read it for you here it says after a series of anxiety attacks new jersey mob boss tony soprano agrees to see a psychiatrist Mm. that sounds like a comedy like if i was if i was i mean it sounds like two comedies we just talked about but Mm -hmm. it does um and uh let's 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 kind of let's get into it let's get into it the uh, opening sequence here we've got a song some music playing Neither of us recognized the song. I kind of no. thought that... And I didn't care for it, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Um, the song that's playing, it's called... Uh, what is it called? Woke Up This Morning by Alabama 3. And it's kind of like, Woke up this morning. Found myself a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's kind of foreboding in that way. about yeah. You know, talking about a gun in that way. Uh, but um, I think that, uh, yeah, that, that didn't really... 
it wasn't, I guess it wasn't familiar to me, but then again, you know, there's other shows too, like Breaking Bad's a really popular show that we actually never really watched. And I don't know the theme music. Yeah. I don't, I don't think don't I would have known the theme music to Mad Men if I never actually sat down and watched I, it. I did. I knew the theme music to Mad Men oh, before yeah? we ever watched it. I'm actually surprised that we didn't know the Sopranos song prior to watching it, given that it was like such a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, that's true. Or, but- and I didn't even know what the opening sequence looked like at all. What it looks like is like, it's like scenes of like the freeway as you're driving what from new jersey to new york from new york to new jersey because they live in new jersey Jersey, yeah do business in new york right Right. yeah maybe in new jersey too but and you can kind of see i I like the opening sequence it's kind of 90s looking uh as far as the quality if it was now there would be like things like imagery overlaying other imagery sort of Mm -hmm. like Like a uh, like true detective Mm -hmm. or things like that the song is a little true detective it is Uh because it feels a little country in a way but like you know uh just that deep voice mm-hmm. rock as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, and you can see things getting grittier as they move from the city into, into New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they change it at some point too, because you do see picture, you know, imagery of, uh, the twin towers in there right, as well. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but so opening sequence, you're not a big fan. I'm not a fan. It does not draw me in. I kind of liked it. I liked it. I thought the song was kind of, kind of tough. Well, so one thing I'll say about it is it has a very um, masculine vibe, the show does. And I don't know, maybe that's off-putting to me because I, spoiler alert for just my critique of this episode, it's a show that seemed like it's a good show, but it's probably not for me. Like it didn't, I didn't feel compelled to keep watching it after this episode, whereas I think you do feel that. Yeah, 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 I think so. But Yeah. yeah, we'll talk more about it as we go through it. Um, And so... This first, this first scene here, this first shot after that opening sequence, we see Tony Soprano, um, played by James Gandolfini, mm-hmm. and he is uh, in a therapist waiting room. He's staring at a statue of like a naked woman, and he's got this confused, sort of concerned look on his face. And the camera, I mean, it starts off, and he's like just looking at the statue, and all you see is his face between the legs, mm-hmm. uh, and then you see, you know, zooms in on. His face zooms in on the statue's face as if they're staring at each other, mm-hmm. almost looking into each other's soul in a way. And um, it was it was pretty cool. I could tell immediately that I was gonna like this show. Like from that <laughs> opening shot, it was like, oh, this is this is different. I mean, it's not so, super different. I felt like it was a lot like Mad Men, but it, this was ten years very, ahead of its time. Right. It's very similar to Mad Men. That scene in the pilot of Mad Men where Don Draper is looking at the light and there's like a fly in it. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. It's like a very similar kind of vibe to Cause, that. Because you got a man and he's just, he's sort of lost. Yeah. You know? But he's got and a lot I, of power, but not like as, maybe as much power as he wants or should. And I did like the opening scene. I do like the parts where Tony is um, talking to his therapist and with interacting with his family. What I don't like about the show is the mob parts of it. <laughs> we'll get into it more, but like, I just am not interested whenever that kind of stuff happens. Right. Yeah, Although which, as which we ends go through up it, being a lot of the show. Yeah, but as we go through it, I felt like it was it was a a family drama with with mobsterism as a uh, as a backdrop as a as that, a storytelling device. I would like instead of he if he was go out not doing mob things but out doing advertising things. I feel like I would be more inclined to watch. It. All right, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, so. 
we see then Dr. Jennifer Melfi, played by Lorraine Bracco, who I believe is also in the movie Goodfellas. I think she yeah, plays she like the, the main character's wife. Yeah, and in there. she her character like narrates not the whole movie, but like a portion of it, right? Oh right. Yeah, I think she does. Like a third of the, it's like three different narrators, I think, throughout it the might course be. of that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. So um but you know, has That's that a good movie. uh has that Italian lineage there mm-hmm. uh through movies through mm-hmm. film uh, but she invites tony into her office there's a fun little scene or this fun little like kind of interaction where they're they're confused about which seat tony should sit in tony because both of the oh, seats yeah. in the therapist office look the same there's not like the couch or anything like yeah. that it's a very yeah. modern very sleek nice looking therapist office yeah it is and uh he has he's been sent to the therapist so we're, we're gonna recap you know i didn't mention this in the opening i always do but we're, we're gonna recap the whole plot of the episode mm-hmm. and kind of give our own experiences and things like that try mm-hmm. to relate to it and all that i usually say that again the second time i welcome people into the that's into true the podcast. but we've, we've got an hour-long episode oh my it's gosh like a lot to it get is so. jam-packed <laughs> so uh he um he has a seat, and he he was sent to the therapist because he passed out from what his doctor has described as a panic attack. And you mm-hmm. you see here that clearly Tony does not want to be here. He doesn't really think he had a panic attack, but he's saying that you know none of the tests after he uh, had this panic attack showed anything wrong with them. So yeah, and, um, so and there's nothing sees, physically. Yeah, he kind of sees going to therapy as like a sign of weakness and doesn't really want to um, be weak. Um, well, he can't. Really He's wanna... a mob boss, too. Right, yeah? right. Like, yeah. showing any sort of weakness would actually be detrimental to him. Like, oh, yeah. He'll yeah. talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. But, um, um, and also, he's just, like, not used to, like, opening up and sharing things with people. So, this is, like, tough for him to come here and do this. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, there's a there's a fun little line in there, too, where Dr. Melfi says, uh, what line of work are you in? And he, he says, waste management consultant. And... Um, I guess, you know, we can talk about this a little bit. You said you didn't like the mobster stuff. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things, I, you know, that I guess a lot of, you know, mobster type of people do is they have business fronts or mm-hmm. something like that. So it is it is confusing, you know, for mm-hmm. just somebody watching to try to understand like, oh, yeah, waste management. But then you do see he is actually in waste management as well. So it's yeah, so it's confusing it, about like a front, yeah, but they're also but, doing waste management, right? Right, where the waste is people, yeah. <laughs> no, but there's actually trash. Like there's, well, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, they, it's I don't know, I don't know how any of that works exactly. Yeah, but the therapist, you can kind of tell, like she. Oh, she knows she what's going on. She suspects what he things. Actually, does, but she doesn't want to talk about that specific. Right, right, she would right. Have to like report it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that. Look, if I'm going to be some sort of mobster, right? Right. I, and I've got a front for my business. Mm-hmm. I don't want to actually do that business as well. Well, it's it's a lot of work. It reminded me of The Americans, which is a sh- another oh, yeah. show we really like where um, the characters are Russian spies, but they their front is that they have a travel agency, but they, but they also actually, actually have a travel they actually agency. actually have the travel agency. That just seems like a lot If of I'm Russian spying, <laughs> that's taking up a majority of my time. It really, I don't know how they have time to also be travel agents. But yeah, that's what I'm trying yeah. to say here. Guys, give the mob a break. Just really? let them do their mobbing. It's a lot of work. Oh, I feel like I'm using the word mob in and a lot of forms that are not the correct form. I, you know what? It, it makes me feel lazy. It does. They're working extra hard. <laughs> they, are. they earn that house because we they see uh, that yeah. in in this uh, uh, early this next shot, we're gonna see where they live at. And uh-huh. my goodness, 
it's a very nice New Jersey house. Very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, Dr. Melfi tells Tony to go back to the morning uh, of the panic attack, of mm-hmm. the anxiety attack. And um, so we see a flashback and it's that morning he's waking up um, and we've got him narrating in a way because we're seeing the scenes but he's also narrating it but he's mm-hmm. talking to the doctor in that too so mm-hmm. um but he says it's good to be in something from the ground floor i came too late for that i know but lately i'm getting the feeling that i came in at the end the best is over mm. and at this point you know we know that he's kind of talking about this idea of the the mob and mm-hmm. things like that but um you know the therapist says oh, a lot of americans feel that way and mm-hmm. i think that that does you know, that's sort of a theme here is that sort of things are changing, I guess, um, yeah. through the generations and all that. Actually, when we watched this, um, just like a couple weeks ago, we we were talking about this sort of same concept before we started watching it about how mm-hmm. we, because we both graduated college right around the, the 2009 recession. The recession. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, yeah, we're too... We're too late. We're too late. Uh, people, because yeah. <laughs> I think we were watching something. There were some people on TV that were like two or three years older than us. And uh-huh. like, it's just like, man, if we were two or three years younger, we would be just doing great. Right. But right. we came too late for that. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a relatable concept. Yeah. You know, even if you think this is all mob stuff, I think it's also human stuff. Okay. It's also human stuff. All right. <laughs> um, that should have been the tagline. Um, anyway. <laughs> We get now, uh, we see Tony Soprano, because he's, he's woke up, he, he's getting the newspaper, and he goes out to his pool in his backyard, and he starts talking about these ducks to the therapist that he's narrating, um, and he, he's talking about these wild ducks have been living in his pool for a couple of months, uh, a couple, of, a male and a female duck came in, well, and they- Well, I've got, I have a problem with this. Okay. The casting of the ducks. You got a problem with the casting of the ducks? Yes, because you look at those ducks- those are all female ducks in this scene. They're, male ducks have the green head. None of these ducks have the green head. Is that all, you know, breeds, all species of I'm ducks? Pretty, I'm pretty sure that these are mallards and that male mallards have the green heads. So I, I'm guessing that it was like easier to wrangle female ducks. Mm-hmm. That's what they for, say. From like um, an animal Wrangler control perspective perspective. <laughs> okay, we're shooting the show. All right, but it I, immediately takes me right out because I'm like, this is not a family of ducks. It's just not. Okay, it didn't take me out of it. Oh, um, interesting. I'm, you know, if we do have any <laughs> duck experts that want to refute that or or maybe to support that, you know, we we might have yes. some duck expert listeners. I'm not sure. I don't know it's our possible. fan base. I don't know which of our Dupree's are out there saying mm. those things. Okay, those are the fans of our podcast. If you're mm. new to the podcast, um, <laughs> and uh, you know what? Real quick, I saw a thing we've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. It's not that relevant to this episode, but there's a podcast we both like called Good One, where uh-huh. comedians go on and talk about a joke. And um, uh-huh. the host of that podcast tweeted the other day, and he said. I think it's stupid that when uh, podcasts have names for their fans, such as like Dupree's like we have here, (laughs) but he's like, but I do just want to let everybody know that when I started the podcast, I did like silently to myself, name all of my fans O'Neaters because it's a good one. (laughs) And I thought that was good. That's a uh, reference to that thing you do. And we're always referencing that. I feel like, by the way, we went to um, a friend of ours, her daughter turned one recently. Yeah. And um, I'm like, yeah, we we did. We did what now? And we got her like a car that we got her a A birthday card. Oh, card. No. And it said something about um, her, 
her being wonderful in the card, but it was spelled like O-N-E-derful. This is one. Yeah. And then like in the card, I also wrote, and also O-Neederful. And then I like never checked in with my friend to see if she was actually familiar with that thing you do and um, uh, got that reference. Well, hey, if you're listening, Susanna, then, uh, I don't know if you got that let reference. Us know. I forgot to mention it to you. And if you're not listening, <laughs> why are you not listening? We went to your child's birthday party. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I mean, we had a fun time, actually. We did. It, it was, was a good time. time. There yeah. was a water table. There was a water table. <laughs> and speaking of water tables, those are similar to pools. And in this next scene... Uh, <laughs> nice way to get us back on track. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, James Gandolfini, he ventures into the pool amongst the ducks. He's wearing yeah. his robe. I'm assuming he's Which got like, underwear There's on, too. There's probably a lot of poop in there. Oh, I don't know about that. They probably have a pool boy uh, that clean the bird poop out of their pool. The ducks are in there right now. And they're not. I would would swim with the ducks. Not with the fishes, though. You don't want to do that. Not around these guys. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, anyway, though, um, some other information we get here uh, at the Soprano house here in this opening sort of shot. Um, it's the son's 13th birthday party this this evening, later this afternoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's the daughter. Uh, her friend is over. The mom doesn't like the friend, so we she got that going on. She thinks she's a bad influence. she's a bad influence. That's right. Also, we get the mom is trying to get the daughter. The mom, Carmela, is trying to get the daughter, Meadow, to eat some breakfast, and she's and she's like, get out of here with that fattening food or something. That's right. That's what and Italian moms be doing. They do. But also, this is like not the first time or not the only time in this episode the daughter is going to reject food. So it seems like she maybe has some kind of eating disorder going on. Could it's be like setting things up. Could be. High school girl. Yeah. yeah. But then again, too, a lot of high school girls deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to eat. I wanted all the food. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, Carmela Soprano, by the way, is played by Edie Falco. Mm-hmm, from also, Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie. Which we also haven't seen. Yeah, we have not seen that. Oh. Um, anyway, Tony Soprano, very excited about the ducks, wants everyone to come out and look at the ducks. They're trying mm-hmm. to fly. His People wife are, thinks he's being ridiculous. They all kind ducks. of think they're being ridiculous. Yeah. And... Um, and later in the day, we see the next scene here. Still part of this whole flashback as he's talking to the therapist. But we've got mm-hmm. um, uh, we've got Tony in the car with uh, his nephew. Um, Christopher is his nephew's name, mm-hmm. and that's played by Michael Imperioli. And um, he's in the family business. He's in the Waste family management. Consulting. That's right. Uh, Michael Imperioli. He's in a show. I think I mentioned it before on the podcast. I'm not sure, but he's in a show called Mad Dogs that's on Amazon and. Uh, I like that show a lot. It is a fun watch. That's another show that's not for me. I would do it on this podcast, but I feel like nobody's heard of it, so nobody would even listen to it (laughs) and then watch it. But man, it was it's it's kind of stupid, but it's also really good. That scene in the pool. Yeah. Well, don't say what happens. Well, that's all I'm saying. There's a scene with the pool. (laughs) There you go. It does also may or may not have been ducks. There's no ducks in it. But it also has that woman from I'm Sorry, a show that we've covered on the podcast and that you like. Which one? Uh, Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, Michael Imperioli, he's also in uh, tequila commercials. Okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, um, during this... The, they're, so they're in the car. They're headed to work. Um, one thing I noticed is that Tony's reading this encyclopedia on like birds of North America. And, oh, and yeah. he was reading uh-huh. it earlier and he's like brought it with him now. He's sitting in the passenger yeah, seat reading that. Yeah, because he's trying to figure out ways to make the ducks more comfortable. Like he wants the ducks to stay. He's really house. into he's, these ducks. He's very into it. Yeah. He's like built them a little ramp to get in and out of the pool. Do we think that this is his saving the cat moment? I think so. Well, I think he has a couple save the cat. Oh, moments. you know what? I think he does There's actually. But I think this is sort of the big 
establishing is, that he is not a ruthless, terrible man. Yeah, I think so. This if he is kills anybody to, or attacks anybody, we shouldn't hate him. We should empathize, sympathize, try yeah, to understand him. I think this him. is supposed to show his like gentler side. Yeah, with the birds. Mm-hmm. And uh, so his nephew Christopher Michael Imperioli, who I. Uh, if he has a gentle side, I did not see it in this episode. This guy seems this, like a slacker. Like seems a little bit like a loose cannon. Yeah. If this was Goodfellas, he'd be like Joe Pesci, kind of. You know, just kind of like, whoa, calm down, man. And he seems like an idiot. Um, yeah. And uh, if anyway, if he has any redeeming qualities, you don't you don't see him. Well, in the pilot. Uh, well, they're not going to have any redeeming qualities in this next shot because uh, they notice that they see this guy. I don't know if they were headed toward him or they're just driving by his place, but they see this guy out the window that owes them money. I think they were like out looking for him. They might have been. They, like, they might have been. Down. But also, it's like broad daylight and there's a lot of people around. Yeah, he, and he's out in front of uh, his place of his place of work uh, was like an office building. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, though, before we get into that, um, we cut back to the therapist office. This is where. Uh, she explains that, uh, you know, if you tell me about any crimes that you've committed, I do have to report that to the authority. And she's very delicate in how she says that to yeah. like make sure that, you know, she can gain his trust because she's not going to report things. But yeah. also she doesn't want to get like killed. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think she's kind of, there's kind of an understanding between her and Tony that he, when he talk when he talks about the, um, the crimes he's going to kind of speak in innuendo yeah a little bit um and also is this the part where she she meant she mentions that she's kind of deduced that he's in the mob she doesn't come out and say that he's in the mob but she like is like so you were referred here by your family physician who's also your next door neighbor kind of implying that like I think she was implying that somebody in waste lives, management wouldn't. If he lives next door live to a doctor, yeah. he's got to be making more money than you would make. In I think waste that's management. what she's implying. I think so. Although that does seem. Look, we lived right down the street from a doctor when we lived in our tiny little apartment um, because there was also big houses on our street. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, it just felt a little judgy. It was um, pretty Dr. judgy. Dr. Melfi, a little. Yeah. But judgy. also, like, did you notice? So her name's Dr. Melfi, and then there's Tony Soprano, obviously, and then. The physician that she mentions to his like family doctor also had like an it's Italian like name. It's like or something. Everybody in this town apparently it's has like an Cleveland. Italian name. Yeah, it is like Cleveland. <laughs> we got family in Cleveland. Yeah, and that's the, what kind it's of all like. of northern Ohio is like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, like you were mentioning, he speaks in innuendos when he talks about what they you know do when they're uh-huh. doing crimes. I think he says they like take this guy out for coffee. They got coffee. Yeah. And then at that <laughs> point, you do see the coffee that they're holding drop, uh-huh. and uh, Tony gets out of the car and. They go and they chase after this guy. They end up running him down with the car, mm-hmm. uh, beating him down. It is. It's intense. And uh, the song I Wonder Why by Dion and the Belmonts is playing, um, mm-hmm. which is an oldie song. Um, I forget exactly how it goes, but it's like, I wonder why I love you like I do. It's a very fun little song. Yeah. yeah. And, but uh, again, there's like a lot of people watch, like standing around staring while this is happening. Right, yeah. I, what I was gonna say though is that I really like how mafia movies uh, often use oldies, uh, like in Goodfellas, uh, other Scorsese yeah. movies, where they contrast it with kind of the well, violence I, going I on. I think it kind of it kind of ties in too with how we mentioned Tony was talking about how um, he thinks it's good to get in on the ground floor of something, and he feels like he's kind of come into his business too late, the the mafia too late, where mm-hmm. there's there was maybe a golden age of 
mafia and it was like a few decades earlier when that kind of music would have been popular okay yeah i I feel like it's kind of showing that contrast i think if if any of our listeners out there know of a really good scene where they use fun oldies music alongside like a tough like either violent or gangster kind of scene pulp fiction when where it's um they're doing that stuck in the middle with you when they're like torturing that guy that's not pulp fiction though i don't think and that's reservoir dogs Oh, is it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, I think. I'm not 100% sure. but um, I'm but not sure because I haven't seen the movie. I've only seen okay. that part, like <laughs> clips of it. But yeah. I thought it was Pulp Fiction. Uh, I don't know. But if any of our fans can think of any other scenes like that, let us know. Let us know. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to, I like scenes like that. I think they're fun. Any- <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's, I just, I got sidetracked here because I was thinking there's a scene in the show Doug, the cartoon from uh-huh. when we were kids, uh-huh. where he's at the movie theater and one of the movie posters. I don't know if, if it's in his own mind, if it's one of the Quail Man things or something like that, but there's a poster and it says Reservoir Dugs. <laughs> I just think that's such a funny. And I think it's that's like funny. him in a suit or something. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, they beat that guy up and, you know, they're like, Where's my money? Where's my money? Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like in the movie The Room, which we talk about a lot. Oh, if yeah. you don't know The Room, you got to watch stop, The Room. Stop listening to this. Stop <laughs> whatever you're doing and go watch The Room. It was a very Chris R. moment. A um, very Chris R. <laughs> anyway, um, so after they beat that guy down and talk about the money that he owes him, um, the next scene, uh, Tony has a, uh, a breakfast meeting. And um, some of the things that are covered here in this breakfast meeting outside of this like meat store or whatever, meat store is not, probably not the right word. I'm thinking butcher shop probably. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, they talk about Czechoslovakians. They talk about sanitation business. They talk about um, how Christopher, uh, Tony's nephew, is going to see what he can do and uh, about all that. And that may be a little confusing and a little unclear, but uh-huh. um, this kind of plot detail where they're talking about Czechoslovakians, they're talking about the sanitation business. This is the kind of thing that, Gia, you've mentioned I just tune right out. You tune it's, out. I don't. You don't know, I don't what's, know going what's going on. on. I don't really care what's going on. It's a little confusing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so you know what? I'm not going to try to unpack it or go into a lot of detail about what's going to go just, on there. There's mob business that has to get done. Well, and I feel like a lot of this stuff too. <laughs> sometimes, sort of like the show The Americans, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even necessarily fully understand it until a few episodes down the way. Right, right, yeah. right. Because you're, they're probably just talking about a little piece of something right. that's like a part of something bigger, and we don't know the full story yet. So. Yeah, but the next thing that comes up is something that happens within this episode here. And uh, Artie Buco is an old friend uh, of Tony's who runs a restaurant, and mm-hmm. uh, someone lets Tony know that uh, Uncle Junior, Tony's uncle, is going to whack Pussy Malanga at Artie Buco's restaurant, and that mm. is not good for Artie Buco's business, and Tony is a little annoyed by this, and so he's gonna go take care of that situation. Yeah, can we just real quick talk about how Uncle Junior is kind of a hilarious name, Uncle right? Junior is a funny name. Yeah, because, I mean, it's obviously it's Tony's uncle, so it's this old man it's going silly. by Junior, but it's, I know, like, my, my grandma, who's Italian, one of her brother's she have she has like eleven siblings or something, but one of them is named Junior. I don't know what his real name is, but your it's grandma weird has eleven call. siblings. Yeah, uh-huh. Betty. Yeah. Uh huh. Have I met any of them? You've met several of them. Yes. <laughs> Aunt Marion, Aunt Dora. <laughs> oh, okay. Aunt Jen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a That's there's only a, a few. Lot of, That's well, still a only lot a few. of them have passed away. All oh, right. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, and but they have names like Junior, <laughs> which is weird for an old man. That is weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. And yeah. that's their official name? No, I don't think so. I it don't could think be it's his official name, but um, I don't know what his real name was. Probably something and, Italian. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, Pussy Malonga. That's, That's not his name. real name. That that was in quotes <laughs> in the captions. Oh, okay. So <laughs> there's a couple of characters named Pussy in this show. Yeah, which is a little confusing weird. at first. And it is. I don't know if that's intentional. They're trying to make you think like, wait, they're gonna kill that guy. Um, I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah two characters named Pussy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, the next shot we do see at Buco Artie Buco's restaurant called Buco's Vesuvi. What's yeah, Vesuvi mean, Gia? Not called Buca de Beppo's. It is. Oh, ooh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. it is not called Buca de Beppo. Um, and uh, what what's Vesuvi mean? You I speak know, Italian. I don't know, you but s- it makes me think of Mount Vesuvius. Yeah, maybe it's something like I don't that. Know. And uh, Tony and Christopher visit uh, Artie. They discuss. They well, they visit him. They say hi to him and stuff. We see their their friendship. Um, but Tony and Christopher kind of discuss how it's going to ruin Artie's business if someone is killed there. And um, Tony talks about how he doesn't really like his uncle, or no, how how he does like his uncle, but he's like annoyed by him. Yeah, there's One, definitely tension between them. There's tension. One of the things that he mm-hmm. does say is, uh, "When I was young, he told my girl cousins I would never be a varsity athlete, and frankly, that was a tremendous blow to my self esteem." Mm. Yeah, so yeah. we see some of that. We see him interacting with his uncle too briefly yeah, as do, well. And do we know yet that um, Tony's father has passed away? So it sounds like Uncle Junior is kind of a, a father figure or like um, the the patriarch of the Soprano yeah, family we're not gonna, right now. I don't know. So we don't really... In this moment right now, and and us who've only seen the first episode, it, it's a little unclear. It sounded like that Tony is sort of the man in charge, but that maybe he's not in charge of everything. I yeah. did see when I was just looking. Um, but that he and his uncle kind of butt heads in yeah. how to- and I saw something on that, like the info after I finished the first episode that said something about the second episode is like, you know, with the boss dying or something like that, then oh. uh, the power struggle breaks out between. So I don't really know. And I don't think that's a spoiler or anything. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know if that's accurate, yeah. uh, but it did sound, sound like it did sound like there's a uh, <laughs> tension between them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but speak, they have a pleasant interaction here at. They do, although he does. Movie. I don't know if you noticed that he comes up behind uh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he puts his like hand to the back of Junior's head, like uh-huh. a, like it's a gun. They said, uh-huh. "Don't move," but then they laugh and they're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. "So, I'm glad I'm, our friends and family don't greet us that way." <laughs> no, I especially like if that it's a all. possibility that that could happen. That'd be terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that at all. Um, <laughs> so. Next scene, uh, Tony goes to his mother's house. And now his mom's house is very different than his own house. Yeah, it's a very small, kind of humble Yeah, it's a pretty normal, um, yeah, a little even smaller than, not Mm -hmm. smaller than normal, but like if I'm picturing houses in New Jersey, it looks like like it. It looks like an old lady's house. Yeah, but not like a suburban home in any kind of way. I mean, it's not like in the city, but... Yeah. yeah, but on the like, outskirts of the city, the out- maybe. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. like a big, nice suburban. Like home. it looks like it's like um, in Queens or something. I mean, it's in New Jersey, but it's like the kind of house you would see in Queens. Sure. And um, like anyway. on Everybody Loves Raymond. No, oh, it doesn't look as nice as that. No, that's true. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a small, modest house. Um, you know what it looks like? 
I'm trying to think of something that, that wouldn't even make sense. We were just watching, this is so stupid. Uh, we were just watching that show with Scott Disick um, on YouTube. Uh, um, flip, flip it, it like Disick. Like so yeah. Scott Disick from Keeping Up with the Kardashians, mm-hmm. which is a show that we've covered on this podcast. Yes, we do highbrow. I love that show. We do, I'm not going to say that it's even lowbrow, yeah, but we don't do. Say it's low brow. We'll cover I all like the brows. Uh, we do very nicely <laughs> defined and plucked brows. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Scott Disick has that show, Flip It Like Disick, which is, I guess is on YouTube. I don't know. It might also be on E, but we watched some episodes on... It's got the E logo in the corner, but we found all, all the episodes that have aired so far on YouTube, so I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> I feel like the house he grew up in is maybe in Queens or something, or it might even be in... Oh, no, it's I think it's on uh, St... Uh, what's the other one? Queens... Uh, what's what? the one What's the one over the, over the ferry? You take the ferry to the other Stat- part. Staten, Staten Island. Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think maybe they lived around there even. Maybe. I don't know, but that's what it looked like when we watched yeah. that episode. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it looked like. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> I'm just trying to bring in all the fans here. All the different genres <laughs> of TV. Anyway, right. it doesn't really matter. Just it matters that her house is not a rich person's house. Right. Anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> there's a fun interaction. So the mom seems a little out of sorts. I mean, she's wearing oh. like her nightgown. She looks. Yeah. Oh, and just on the note that you were talking about how her house doesn't seem like his house. There is a line where Tony says something about how his dad, um, his dad was in the same kind of business that he's in, but he didn't like achieve the high levels that Tony has achieved. That's right. Right. Yeah. But he felt like his dad maybe had a better experience than he did like maybe yeah, enjoyed it more i think so yeah yeah that's interesting you know i think there's a lot of things like that you know i i watch um i watch a lot of wrestling i've mentioned this before on the podcast yeah i know speaking it's of another wrestling, thing where i like tune right out okay speaking of wrestling <laughs> glow season three fantastic oh man we yeah. just finished it yeah so good listen mm-hmm. to our glow episode if you're not sure if you ever if you want to watch glow at all mm-hmm. or not um but i think wrestling is a similar kind of thing because like wrestlers now have such big exposure and even you could be a, a professional wrestler without even being in part of the bigger things because I of the internet be. you could even wow Look, i told you earlier there's invisible professional wrestlers so yeah you can do anything you want to um whereas back in the day you know you had to be in like wwf wcw mm-hmm. and also you didn't necessarily make as much money i don't know if wrestling you didn't make as much money but there's like a lot of jobs like that where people make more money now than they did you know 20 years ago or whatever if you're at the very top probably if you're at the very top or you Mm -hmm. just have more opportunities like Mm -hmm. you know who knows how many youtube stars we would have if youtube (laughs) was around in the 90s it's true we could have been youtube stars hey if we would have got in on podcasting on day one boom we'd be uh we'd be uh mark maron that's true (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah speaking of glow uh (laughs) anyway so no about uh tony's mother though she seems a little out of sorts um Mm -hmm. she's older but not like super old um and she uh, seems like she's a little bit out of it yeah totally out of it one of the first things she says is that uh somebody called after dark and uh tony's she was very you know thrown off and concerned by that Uh and tony's like 
okay, who was it? She's like, I don't know. I didn't answer it. And he's like, this is something I never understood. The phone, <laughs> Ma, is an auditory thing. Dark is an eye thing. I understand not wanting to go out in the dark, but answering the phone. And it's it's very yeah, funny. You can tell Tony, funny. that to me is his saving the cat moment because I love when people yeah, are hilarious. Yeah, this was the other saving the cat <laughs> moment that I was thinking of is with his his mom. Yeah, well, because br- the reason he's come over is to bring her something, right? Yeah, he, he brings he her a CD like. player that he uh-huh. thinks that she'll like because, you know, she can listen to all the old music that she likes on uh-huh. it. Um, she doesn't want it, um, uh-huh. but you know, I think I feel like parents are often rejecting technology that will better their lives in yeah. so many ways, but they just don't want to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another thing too, yeah, they, they mentioned like how we've tried to get like my dad, for instance. He, I think he does listen to our podcast now sometimes, but like I've tried to tell him like there are so many podcasts that you would love, he just won't listen to them. He, um, yeah. He's missing out. He's missing out. You're missing out, Greg. <laughs> um, another thing too that they talk about in here is that um, the the mom, I, I don't know, they talk about the dad a little bit, like uh-huh. Tony's father, and she's saying that he was like a saint, right? Yeah, that's how she describes him, right? But Tony, I think in the the narration a, to the therapist is saying that that's not how she would describe him when he was alive. Yeah, and she said like she he beat she beat him into the ground like not physically but uh-huh. you know just wore him down over and over uh-huh. and we don't really know what's going on there with all of that but it is interesting it kind of reminded me of um my grandparents mm-hmm. i was little not little not super little when they passed away um but my italian grandparents on my mom's side um i, I have this memory i think it's what happened you know how when you have memories like when you're younger and you're like mm-hmm. i think that's what happened and it's like but involves family so it's like they might be like that never happened but um my grandma she was um she was kind of like similar to this woman a little bit in Mm -hmm. the uh in the in the show yeah and i think my great grandma who i never met but i was named after was was similar to this character be some stories i've heard and so um and so she she was she i wouldn't say she was mean to us or anything but she Mm -hmm. came across sort of like a mean person in Mm -hmm. a way um not like a mean person but just sort of yeah i don't know you know what i mean um and yeah kind of harsh kind of yeah cold yeah 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 Mm -hmm. and um anyway i just remember because she passed away before my grandfather did and I remember one time my uncle Mike was talking about how he's like, I went over to the house the other day um, when my grandpa was just there by himself. And I think he was mm-hmm. in his 80s at this point, too. And he was just playing the piano. And I never seen him play the piano before. <laughs> and he looked so happy <laughs> and just so peaceful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so... Um, so there you go. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. So this is the other way around, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But yeah, she's pretty mean to Tony the whole time he's there. Yeah, she's, and he's just and trying she, to help. And yeah, he, she and keeps talking like, about how other people call their mom every day. Yeah, she's like angry that he doesn't call her enough or visit enough. or And also mentions that um, Junior, Junior, Uncle Junior, hasn't come to visit her, even though that's like the, her brother-in-law. It kind of seems weird. <laughs> That'd be weird. Yeah. Like when we're old, if like you're, you know, if you've passed away, I'm not just going to go visit your sister. You're not going to hang out with Callie after Actually, you know what? I guess I might. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I guess I would. But it wouldn't be like, Mike hasn't come to see me. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, where's Mike? He doesn't even come and see me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hmm. hopefully we're all alive and hanging out. Forever. Yeah. Forever. (laughs) That's scary. No, that would be. 
I don't like that. That's, Side note, though, crazy. the show Forever on Amazon, fantastic show. Oh, yeah. Well, We've not show. covered it on the podcast, but maybe someday. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, let's let's move on to the next scene. So, Oh, th- but, but one thing that gets set up in that scene is that um, Tony wants his mom to come over that night for the son's birthday party, and she's supposed to bring Bates CD. But yes. um, she needs a ride, or she wants a ride there because she doesn't want to drive when there's rain in the forecast. Yes. And Tony's not willing to give her a ride. He says it's good for her to drive, and she's mad about that, too. Yeah. And we'll eventually see that she does get a ride. Right. Well, they eventually have to reschedule it. Yeah. That's a little Mm -hmm. bit later on. Um, But uh, so the next scene is that birthday party. Um, Not a lot happening at the birthday party because it's a short scene here. But one thing we do see is that um, Tony says, uh, my wife invites the priest. He's always at the house. And um, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. So they're having yeah. this party. They're all outside, and the, the priest is there. Um, he's like a young, I think he's Hispanic, uh, young Hispanic guy. Actually, he might be Italian. He, oh, he's you know what? Italian. He's probably Italian. Yeah. Oh, but like very Italian because yeah. he has like darker skin, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if that makes you more Italian or not. It's probably sort of an incorrect <laughs> thing to say. I don't probably. know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, he's there. Uh, uh-huh. Another thing, though. Um, Tony is at the at the grill um, uh-huh. cooking and smoking a cigar, um, and he notices the the ducks uh, that are in the pool start to fly away, and they're done. They're not coming back, and yeah. that's when that's, that's when the anxiety attack happens. That's very distressing for him. Yeah, but also, I mean, the ducks are probably going to come back in the spring, right? I mean, they're probably mm, they're just... Canadian. I think they just came there to breed and move on. But they'll probably be back again next year. They're, I mean, they probably do a similar thing every year. I don't know. I don't know. I would like to know, know. though, um, because just stay in one place, Tony. That's how it works. <laughs> I would. I would like to. This is not a spoiler because we don't know. But I think if I were making this show, I would like to see the ducks come back in either throughout the season oh, or in the back at some point in the I season finale. Maybe yeah. I hope they do because it seems like that would be the way to close out the season, some sort of yeah. duck imagery or something. I wonder if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. What but. I would also like, and I don't want to say, so I'll not say what happens in the final scene, but I think most people of the of the whole series, Oh yeah. but mm-hmm. I think most people are aware of it, but I always love when final scenes tie back in with sort of the pilot. Uh-huh. So I would probably, you know, if they're going to do- Get some ducks if, up in there. What, if they're going to do the thing <laughs> they do, I would maybe not- go right to black because i think the screen goes right to black i would go to like the sky and see ducks fly away that would be good that's what i would yeah that's what david chase you need me to make your next show i'll do it speaking of next shows is there's a sopranos like um prequel that's coming out yeah i was gonna talk about that at the end but yeah well i mean i don't need to save it for the end but it's in the end of the notes (laughs) if you would Read the notes ahead of time, well, Gia. It just seemed like a good opening. No, nope. <laughs> we'll have to do it later. All right. <laughs> let's let's keep going through this episode because right, man, fine. it's a long episode. All right. I, I mean, just, it's not that long. It's sixty minutes. I just but. feel like if Tony had just consulted his bird encyclopedia, which we saw that he has, he would be a little less stressed out about the ducks leaving because probably an Italian though. The ducks represent so much more and we will get to it. But um, <laughs> next scene, we see uh, Tony's getting an MRI and uh, he has a conversation with Carmela there where he's getting this MRI because he had the panic attack so he's mm-hmm. getting test run. Um, and uh, 
one thing we find out from that is that um, he has a girl on the side. Uh, yeah. She mentions that. <laughs> girl um, on the side is like such an Italian way of putting it. Isn't it? <laughs> what, what's another way of putting it? I don't know. Like a, a mistress. Oh, a mistress? Yeah. 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 Girl on the side sounds cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, though, we, we sort of get a feeling that um, Tony suspects that something's going on with the priest and his wife. He talks about, you got the priest over all the time. And she's like, that's different. Um, yeah. And we also get, are getting the sense that Tony is not really religious, whereas his wife is. Right, yeah. And I, I guess it's a little unclear at this point whether she actually is having some sort of affair with the priest or if she's just close to the priest because she is very religious yeah it I'm, is not, I'm not really sure yeah but we'll she, talk about it um in some other parts here but, but yeah it's, she seems to she seems to be aware that tony well she is aware that tony has a girl on the side and yes she's like well i think that she's not fully aware that it's he, currently going well, on but, yeah he says yeah. it's over yeah we'll see later that it's it's not over that's but, kind of fun though right just uh have a girl <laughs> on the side and then it's like as long as it's over now, it's okay, yeah. right? <laughs> well, what I was going to say is it kind of reminds me of um, on on Friends, which is another show we've done an episode about on the podcast. But on Friends, there's an episode where uh, Joey's dad, Joey finds out that his dad, who is also like an Italian guy who's kind of got a sub- Tony Soprano vibe to him, has a girl on the side. And, and then Joey finds out that his mom like knows about that too. So I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of of that and made me think is is that what all the old italian guys are doing <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure probably <laughs> yeah maybe um and uh all right so the next scene um we still got tony doing voiceover here because he's still talking to the therapist from from the beginning you know he's still talking mm-hmm. to the therapist and uh, he says my nephew christopher was handling the garbage contract problem but on this i will not go into detail of course hinting something illegal um mm-hmm. but you know what i'm also not going to go into a lot of detail here because again i don't understand this whole czechoslovakian thing and all that kind of stuff but what i will say is he has a meeting i think they're at this meat place again the butcher shop and perhaps it's just the two of them it's just, just the, the two of them and this czechoslovakian and I, guy and i think a lot of people didn't even know the meeting was going on it was kind of in secret a little bit yeah. here um but he's meeting with uh Emil uh, from the Czech Republic. Um, there's Who he a, calls email. Yeah, it's kind of a running gag there. He keeps calling him email. Um, and uh, anyway, they discuss cocaine, not sanitation. So mm-hmm. now we know another one of their uh, diversified businesses here. Um, it's important to diversify your portfolio. You know, it really I- is. <laughs> um, anyway, though, Christopher shoots at Emil Emil in the back of the head. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know what. Many times. It, it seems yeah. like he like shoots him and he's dead. And then he continues to shoot him. A couple I don't know times. what his end game was here. I Which, don't know what the purpose of the meeting yeah, that was. That was weird. But like, it seems like this is like a business thing, right? Is the reason he's killing him. Why is he shooting him so many times? Because like, this guy's a loose like cannon. A we already thing. know he's a loose he cannon. Is a loose, I don't like this guy. There's a fun shot, though, where the blood spatters on photographs of Humphrey Bogart and Dean Martin and Edward G. Robinson, who you might recognize uh, as a uh, old-timey gangster movie actor. He was in the movie Little Caesar. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's kind of a cool look there. Cool mm-hmm. cool shot. There's some music playing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, uh, there's some other scenes here. We've got Tony telling Junior uh, to kill Pussy somewhere else. Yeah. And Junior As disagrees. As in not in his friend's restaurant. Because yeah. that's going to be bad for business. Yeah, for that's kind friend. of the one of the that's big main plot trying. lines going on. So I guess this is another like save the cat 
thing that Tony's doing. He's doing a lot of saving the cat. He's he trying to like help out his friend. Yeah, and, and I think we mentioned it, but and you probably picked up on it. If, if not, saving the cat is when you uh, make the main character seem or, or make a character seem relatable, like they're mm-hmm. a good person, so you, yeah. you, you kind of care about them. Yeah, even when they're doing some other bad th- things or right. some other unlikable things. Um, mm-hmm. We see another scene. Um, next, we're back at the Soprano house. It's nighttime, and Carmela, Tony's wife, and the priest are watching like a movie together, like getting popcorn and watching a movie together. And that yeah, seems weird. weird, right? It does seem weird. Yeah. To me. Mm-hmm. I have never sat and watched a movie with a priest. Nor have I. Nor have I. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although it was an altar boy, but no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's move on past that yeah, conversation. Yeah. Um, the uh, anyway, the daughter is sneaking in the house. They hear a noise. Um, yeah, Carmela and the priest hear a noise. And uh, Carmela goes and grabs like what looks like an assault rifle. Yeah, because she thinks someone's breaking into the house, and she is apparently pre- prepared for that scenario. She is, and uh, then she goes out there to the window, and she sees her daughter trying to sneak in because she had yeah. snuck out earlier. So, which kind of makes me think. Like her grabbing that gun. Does she know what Tony does? Yeah. Do she, oh yeah. Yeah. She knows. Aware of all the mob stuff. Happening? Yeah. Yeah. She knows because she kind of okay. talks about some of that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she probably doesn't know doesn't know all the details about everything, right. but yeah, she knows what's going right. on. Cause, and because she comes across as kind of like a tough lady, obviously with the gun in the scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, the punishment for sneaking out the the daughter cannot go on this trip to Aspen with that friend that she was hanging out with in that opening scene. So mm-hmm. we get a lot of tension now between the mother and the daughter. Yeah, the daughter um, is just being a jerk through this whole episode. Well, she's a teenager. She is, but she's very difficult. But like you mentioned before, that this is just a show about the mob. This is also a show about family. Well, that's what I'm saying. I like the scenes with the family. I enjoy this, that scene with the nephew and the Czechoslovakian. Didn't enjoy it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, now we're back at the therapist's office, and this is sort of, I guess, the end of his session in a way mm-hmm. and um tony and dr melfi uh they both kind of talk about um tony tries to relate with her about they're both being italian he asks mm-hmm. what part of italy they're from and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff you can see that tony sort of has a feels a connection with her in some kind of way and maybe he mm-hmm. just hasn't opened up with somebody in that sort of yeah. way before it, it seems like he's finding it more and more easy to open up to her but he doesn't fully feel comfortable he talks about how um the loss of the Gary Cooper strong silent type in American culture mm-hmm. how Who's that's kind of he's like Do an old timey actor okay yeah Gary Cooper Cary Grant I know Cary Grant the, the, I don't know all Gary the rest <laughs> here on Gilligan's Island okay he's not on Gilligan's Island or anything uh, but anyway Dr. Melfi wants to talk about the, the ducks again and at that point, Tony sort of gets upset and he walks out. Is that the part where he talks about his dream? Or is that no, that's later. Okay. That's later. Okay. You don't think I'd put that in the notes? Uh, I don't know. It's a weird dream. It is. <laughs> um, then we see a quick little scene of Christopher trying to get rid of that Czechoslovakian body. Mm-hmm. Um, one kind of thing, too, to kind of show what he's like as well. Um, and again, I won't go into all the details of the scene because I don't really fully understand everything. But one of the things he says is... Uh, he quotes the movie The Godfather, and he says, Louis Brazi sleeps with the fishes. And then the guy he's with 
pussy, the other pussy, not the pussy that's going to get hit, uh, says uh, it's Luca Brasi. It's Mm. Luca. And this is a totally different situation. Uh, But that's a quote from The Godfather Mm -hmm. and this, you know, Italian mafia guy. It's Luca Brasi. Everybody knows it's Luca Brasi. So you can see that this guy, Christopher, is an idiot. I've seen two of them. I never saw the third, but everybody said the third sucks. So I say that the Godfather movies, just like the Spider-Man movies, I've only seen the first two. I've seen all three of the Spider-Man movies. And did the third suck? It did. It really sucked. And is the first one the best, even though the second yes. one people say is the best, but the first Spider-Man no, movie no, no. is the, the best. First people say the, the best. second one's the best. Well, that's ridiculous. I know. That one, the second one is the one that has that go get em tiger line that's just ridiculous. Who says that? Kirsten Dunst says, oh, says it. Yeah. Can we just have a side note about Kirsten Dunst? Oh, yeah. She's got that new show coming out moment. on Showtime. I don't know if she's having a moment, but she's got a new I show coming out. A what else is she in? She was, a, well, she was recently in um, uh, Fargo, and she was, a, her performance in Fargo was highly acclaimed. Oh, okay. On seasons. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's I got. I think she's having a little moment. All right. She's got that new show coming out on Showtime. Something about getting rich in Florida or something. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm excited for it. it I think good. it looks good. And um, I'm going to be honest. I think Kirsten Dunst looks good as well. She's not looking bad. She always looks good, but she's, she's, uh, yeah, you know, let's move <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, what do we got next here, Gia? We've got, uh, um, oh, back at uh, the retirement community. Yeah, they're at the retirement community here, which is uh, Tony's trying to get his mom to move there because mm-hmm. it's like it is like it's not like a it's not like a what do you call it a nursing, nursing home, home, but it's like a you know it's not even assisted living. It's just uh, apartments or whatever you know for people to kind of. Yeah, well, it seems like there's maybe multiple components of this nursing. Right. Home. Like, there yeah. is like a more traditional nursing home kind of hospital type side to it, but also. Like just a retirement village type side, which my one of my grandmas is in a similar place where it's like, yeah, but she's they, they have the help that you need, but also oh, it's yeah, also yeah, yeah, that's right. Just like there's like restaurants and like beauty shops and just kind of like a place where older adults live. How many brothers and sisters does that grandma have? None. Whoa. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's my Polish grandma. There you the go. The Polish one has. No siblings. The Italian one has like 11. Fun fact. It's not a fun <laughs> fact, but in the scene with the Czechoslovakian, uh, Christopher calls him a Polak uh-huh. or yeah, some, yeah, yeah. or they call him he a Polak. It's, yeah. And he's like, yeah. I'm not from Poland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. anyway, um, next we see uh, at the, yeah, the retirement community. That's where we are. Yeah, um, and, and it's Tony and his whole family. Yeah. Trying to convince the grandma to move in. And she's not into it and mm-hmm. she's complaining. She's freaking out a little bit because there's sort of like a nursing home behind some closed doors. Mm-hmm. And um, Tony has another panic attack. Um, so oh, that's yeah. what's going on there. Uh-huh. But uh, a, a fun fact, this one is a fun fact. Um, well, mm-hmm. here's another fun fact. When you're watching things on Amazon, sometimes you'll get what's called, I guess, X-ray is what they call it, mm-hmm. where if you pause, IMDb will like come up on the screen and show you who's in that scene, show you what the music is, but sometimes yeah, show you the like trivia, fun facts, Yeah, that's goofs. nice, although it's sometimes spoilery. I feel like we've mentioned that before. Yeah, we have. A spoilery. But uh, when I paused it at this scene, uh, the little like trivia thing that came up on there said that uh, while Tony and his mother are visiting the nursing home, a group of elderly people uh, is shown watching the Rockford Files on TV. The creator, um, David Chase, the creator of... Uh, 
The Sopranos, mm-hmm. got his big break in television as a writer and producer on that show. Oh, that's a fun Easter egg. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so next, we're back at the therapist office. And uh, so this, this is, is Tony's second visit. Second to the visit. Therapist. Yeah. And he talks about how his mother always wore his father down. Mm-hmm. That's one thing we kind of talked about yeah. a little bit earlier. Uh, Tony also compares himself to a sad clown. Oh, yeah. this That part was interesting to me because he says that after, like, that was when the therapist asked him, like, do you ever have any reservations about what you do or something mm-hmm. like that? And he says, yes. And then I sort of expected that he was going to talk about having some um, reservations about, you know, killing people and the, and the violence. But what he ended up talking about as far as reservations was that he's upset that, like, people used to like be loyal to them to the mob and now they have no they don't want to serve prison time they're afraid to go to prison so they like turn on the the family yeah he does talk about so, that i thought i thought that i thought he was his reservation maybe i thought the sad clown thing was also kind of referring to not really being happy about having to do all these killings and things like that. I, he just said the sad clown thing real quick and then went on to that kind of a longer description about being upset about people like uh, flipping. Um, so so to me, it sounded like that was the thing he was upset about. I yeah, don't know. I'm not sure. I, I guess know. I'd have to go back and, and look at that part again. But I still did get the vibe that he is overall sad about what he's doing. Yeah. Which, you know. And another kind of parallel to the Americans, which we were talking about earlier, he, Tony Soprano, so far reminds me of more of like um, Philip on the Americans, who's the, the husband who seems to not be totally on board with everything and like oh, yeah. feel he's not necessarily happy about killing people. Right. Whereas his wife is more like, this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. And doesn't have any second thoughts about it. You know, so. maybe Tony should have just been a doctor, like his next door neighbor. Yeah, it seems like he would be, be happier in a different line of work. I always find that interesting <laughs> when it's like, you know, his next door neighbor's a doctor. I'm not saying anybody can be a doctor, but like a lot of people can be a doctor. Mm-hmm. You can just do that. But again, <laughs> family. You know, you can't just turn your back on the family and say, I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, so. and that's going to kind of come up a little later in the show where somebody kind of wants to get out of it but but can't we'll talk about that more later we i'm not even sure what you're referring to okay so I guess well we, I, i'll we'll talk see. about that more later okay um the next scene's at a strip club and um the guy they talk about a few things so we've got uh tony's there with um i think christopher and then this other guy um but they talk about uh how the guy that they attacked earlier um you know the guy they had coffee with i'm doing air quotes when i say i had coffee mm-hmm. you can't see this that because it's a podcast but mm-hmm. uh, um how he doesn't have the money and they develop a way to have him commit fraud through his work through like medical billing and stuff uh in order to pay them back so they kind of solved that problem a little bit um mm-hmm. they also discuss the situation with junior wanting to whack a guy at Artie bucos and they decide uh that they can get already out of town for a few weeks and then that way uh they'll have to whack him somewhere somewhere else because the business will have to close down yes during the few weeks that he's out of town so they can't do it there so 
they've solved a couple problems there. I'm not going to go into great detail and all that. Um, next, we see a scene back at the Soprano house between Carmela and uh, her daughter. The daughter's name, by the way, is Meadow. I didn't realize that until mm-hmm. you know halfway through the episode. What kind of name is Meadow? All these other people got names like Carmela and all these Italian names. Mm. What is Meadow? I don't know. I feel like maybe that was like tr- a trendy thing to like a different kind of trendy thing to do in the 80s. Maybe kind of a hippie thing where they may be hippies. I don't know. You think that Tony and Carmela maybe, were hippies? Maybe. I don't think so. They might have gone through kind of a hippie. Why did they name their daughter Meadow then? Maybe there's a flashback later on in another season that where they're like hippies in the. I mean, Meadow's like our age almost. I no, think right, she was, like a few years older. Well, she was. She was so in high school in 1999. Well, shot in 1996. Right. And this, we were in high school in the mid 2000s. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a silly name for a big Italian family, though. I feel like maybe they were hippies at one point. I really don't think the mob is involved in hippie culture. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, they talk about how every year on this day, uh, Carmela and Meadow go to the New York Plaza Hotel for tea underneath Eloise's portrait. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, Meadow's not feeling it. She's angry that She's she mad. got in trouble for mm-hmm. sneaking out and all that kind of and stuff. And she can't go to yeah Mm -hmm. also speaking of it being 1996 or whatever year it is uh her computer when meadow gets onto it says you've got mail Mm -hmm. and i think she's like logging into a chat room or something like that Mm -hmm. so very 90s on all of that yeah um next we're back at artie buco's restaurant tony gives artie a pair of cruise tickets to get him out of town and uh he accepts but later that evening artie's wife tells him they can't accept these tickets um and uh Artie's wife said somebody donated their kneecap kneecaps for those tickets yeah um yeah as a general rule of thumb guys if the mob ever offers you something you want to do your best to politely say no you don't want to just say no i can't do this because you don't want them to kill you um but you don't want to owe them a favor back you know where i learned that you should never do any favors for the mob boy meets yes exactly boy meets world (laughs) yeah yeah which we've covered on the podcast, not that episode, but there's a, a you know an episode where they're I, I'm gonna yeah. say mules, I guess, for the mob probably. Is yeah, mule the right yeah, word? Yeah, yeah, maybe. But uh. yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna get involved. Mm-hmm. And so uh, next, another scene we see here, Hesh, uh, which is one of the guys that helped come up with some of these plans here. That's played by Jerry Adler and Big Pussy, uh, played by Vincent Pastore. Very recognizable face there if you've ever seen anything involving uh, mob movies. Um, they convinced that guy, uh, that Tony and Christopher attacked earlier to go along with the plan. Um, so they got that kind of covered there. Oh, is that where they're on like a bridge? Yeah. You never want to be on a bridge with mobsters. Yeah. I think that's how they convinced him to go along with the plan because the implication is that if he doesn't, they're going to throw him off the side of the bridge. Yes. Yeah. And, um... What was I going to say about that? That's a thing, too, that I wonder if this plot line comes up later on. You know, if they're just, uh-huh. we're going to see this guy a lot and he's going to, you know, maybe there'll be something going on there. I, I don't know. but yeah. uh, Or if it's, is it all wrapped up and then it's just another source of income right now? I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. We don't know if, how many of these minor characters go on to be major characters right. in, in later episodes. Yeah. But they do set up a lot of different plot lines here in this in this pilot. Mm-hmm. Um 
Next, we see Artie Bucco visiting Tony Soprano at the uh, at the dump because they do work in sanitation. Uh, but he needs to give back the cruise tickets because his wife just does not want him to take them. So that's sort of a problem. Uh, but uh, Tony's gonna Tony's gonna fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, we see next. Um, a fun couple of scenes at a restaurant. So this is a different restaurant. It's not Artie Bucco's. Not restaurant. Artie Bucco's. Um, so this first restaurant scene, um, we see. Well, we actually see Doctor Doctor Melfi and her husband are there. And uh, her husband is like, it's a very busy restaurant. He's like, we put in this reservation months ago or something like that. And he's like, where's my mm-hmm. table? And uh, uh, then we see Tony walk in with a woman. We don't really see her. Um, they kind of you know, walk by quickly, but Tony, mm-hmm. Tony sees Dr. Melfi and he's, he's very excited to see her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, they, they but have she's a little bit apprehensive about interacting with him. Yeah. Because like, you know, it's a patient uh-huh. and just the, even the, um, I guess even the idea that it is their patient is part of like a doctor patient confidentiality. Yeah, although I would think if the patient is acknowledging her, then he's kind of giving his consent for her to acknowledge him. Yeah, that is you know? weird a little bit. But yeah. I, but I think more of the issue is she doesn't want her husband to know that she one of her clients is in the mob. Yeah, because as soon as Tony walks away, he's like, because I think they say something about interior decorating or something when they're mm-hmm. talking. Um, and Dr. Melfi's husband is like, "Do you know who that is?" Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, so they, you know, he's very like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah, which um, also establishes that people know who Tony Soprano is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then including the people at the restaurant, like the owners of this restaurant. Well, yeah, because as soon as Tony has his seat, he, I think, mentioned something to the owner. And then um, as soon as they're, they're all seated, it goes I don't back. I he even mentions anything to the owner. The owner just like sees him interacting with with the doctor. And so he, she gets a table. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, then their table opens up uh, somehow uh-huh. uh, automatically right there. So, uh-huh. um, so there are perks. There are perks to having that a, risks. There are, yeah. Um, so we do find out that Tony was actually out with another woman, um, which I, we didn't even notice at first when we were watching this scene. Right that until the, the next that he scene, was with was not his wife. Yeah, until the next scene, uh, <laughs> there's a naked lady with him on a boat, and it's like, wait a second, what? Because <laughs> right. it's not Edie Falco. Yeah. Um, and uh, the boat, by the way, um, the name of the boat it says real clearly on there is the Stugats. And um, according to a Google search, um, the definition of Stugatz, Gia, can you read that definition for us? Yeah, so it's a transliteration to the English spelling of the Neapolitan pronunciation of the Italian vulgar slang expression Stocazzo, literally meaning my cock. That's a fun name for a boat. (laughs) There's a... uh, uh, radio, I guess, I don't know, it's a podcast also on the radio, um, on ESPN radio, the Dan Lebetard show, uh-huh. uh, his co-host is named Stugatz. And I just mm-hmm. realized maybe it's because, cause it's a nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, his, and he's kind of an idiot too. Mm-hmm. He's like, not an idiot, but he's like the comic relief sort of sometimes, but his name is John Wiener. So that makes sense. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so anyway, um, Tony's on the boat with his, uh, with his mistress. Um, Who's naked, by the way, in this scene. Yeah, I think I mentioned that already. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Gia doubling down on the nudity in here. Um, you know, and if you didn't notice, um, the mistress in this scene is actually naked. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but she actually picks up on that intimacy between Tony and the uh, and Dr. Melfi. Yeah, she's kind of jealous. 
I don't know if she's jealous, but I she's, think she seemed jealous. Yeah, maybe she's a little jealous. Yeah, and and I also watching this episode was kind of wondering, like we know that Tony is cheating on his wife, and it, I'm getting the impression right off the bat that it's probably not just with one woman. I'm imagining he probably is having. I looked it up, and it affairs. looks like there are at least two mistresses. Okay, okay, and that this mistress. So. It's a different actress after the pilot. Oh, okay. So. Okay. But I was also wondering, watching this episode and the scenes with him and the therapist, if anything ever happens between him and his therapist. I don't know the answer because yeah, we've only I, seen the pilot. I doubt that it does, but it is almost like a will they or won't they. Yeah. In uh-huh. a way. A different form of that. Uh-huh. Um, but then after this scene, we see what looks like almost the exact exact same scene and uh tony is walking into the restaurant again but this time he's with his wife Mm -hmm. and um the owner says he hasn't seen him in a while which is a lie uh Uh (laughs) and uh you can tell as uh tony sits down there's some tension between tony and carmella and tony says he's got to confess something Mm -hmm. and what he confesses is that he's on prozac and he's been seeing a therapist, which that was kind of shocking to me. I mean, I get what mm-hmm. they were doing. There's, you know, it's kind of that like, uh, you know, that's not the kind of confession you would expect. But I would have thought that she would have already known that and was the one that kind of forced him to go. Yeah. The fact that he went on just the recommendation of his doctor, I think is kind of impressive. Yeah. And, and she, his wife, is very happy and very proud of him that he's taken this step to start talking things out and seeing a therapist. She says it doesn't address the the spiritual. Therapy doesn't address the spiritual because she really wishes that he would go to church, but she thinks that this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, she says it doesn't address the soul, Mm, um, but this is a start. And that, to me, because we were wondering earlier, is there something going on between Carmela and the priest? And to me, that showed... Well, well, look, the priest, I think, is probably supposed to be a good-looking guy, and sure, maybe something could be going on, uh-huh. and if it, something's going on later, you know, uh, whatever, but it does seem like Carmela's intentions with the priest are really very deeply religious, and that yeah. she wants to save the soul of her husband, who she knows is does some bad things. She even uh-huh. says at one point, difference between two of us, the two of us, is that you're going to hell when you die, and I'm going to heaven. Uh-huh. Um and yeah, uh, so I my my gut feeling is that she's not my like, gut feeling is that she's not priest, hooking up but with I'm the priest. not totally sure about right that. it does seem like she's deeply religious yeah um but what and they're I, Catholic by the way too yeah, yeah, yeah. so when we say deeply religious it's you know Catholic I mean some Catholics religious. are deeply religious but usually Italian Catholics are like is a different kind of religious mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. how I assume at least because I was raised Catholic in an mm-hmm. Italian family I assume it's how like some people are like like Jewish, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like it's a cultural, yeah, it's a thing. cultural thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, well, you know, yeah. Um, uh-huh. um, but the one thing I noticed in this scene where they're talking about the therapist is Carmela says something. I forget what the exact line is, but she says something where she she seems to infer that the therapist is a man. She says, like, did you tell him this or that or something, something like that where she refers to the therapist as male and tony doesn't correct her he's mm. like yeah i told him or something like that i've never done so, anything like that interesting okay <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah i just thought that that was a little odd that he um just didn't correct her and is um that kind of 
goes along with my theory that maybe something's going to happen between him and his therapist. I don't or think it's maybe it's just, maybe he feels a little bit um, guilty about just the intimacy between him and the therapist just in the nature of that professional relationship, but of him sharing things with a it's, woman. Because he's telling his wife in this scene, like, you're the one person in my life I tell everything to. And she's like, his wife knows right off the bat that that's not true. <laughs> but but he um, seems to be pretending that he does tell her everything. But in reality, the person he's telling the most to is his therapist. Look, though, it's, it's what people do is if you don't have to use gender pronouns you just don't use them uh this is very interesting that's actually a progressive uh <laughs> statement there um uh, no it's like in that show um parenthood which we've covered on the podcast uh, uh-huh. in a later season where um what's the guy's name that's married to the swim fan oh joel joel <laughs> joel is uh working with somebody named pete i think yeah, maybe uh-huh. and then like later uh the swim fan uh erica christensen or whatever <laughs> <laughs> who plays Julia, his, Julia who plays his wife uh-huh. uh is like shocked when she meets Pete or sees Pete woman. and it's a woman and yeah. and it's like oh that's weird yeah. they didn't say that I name. feel like you did you did do that at one point of course me. I have you like every man has done that somebody who was <laughs> turned out to be a woman and I didn't or know. I just didn't you know yeah. use I just I like oh man that. this crazy thing happened where this person did this and then this person did that yeah, yeah. I feel like that has happened a few times <laughs> interesting like it is what it is uh (laughs) anyway the next scene here um we're at meadows volleyball match and uh we see that meadow goes to like a catholic school um Mm -hmm. and uh anyway tony is planning something with uh silvio who's one of the other guys one of the mob guys that he's talked to throughout the episode um so he kind of they're like planning something out that'll come up a little bit later Mm -hmm. um anyway carmella did not come to the game she is sort of conflicting with meadow mm-hmm. um and uh and anyway meadow's mad that carmella didn't come yeah even though meadow has been being like a huge jerk well, so. yeah and uh after the game after the after the volleyball match tony um and meadow but tony kind of drifts off to the side and he starts walking into the church that's there he's looking all around meadow's like what are we doing in here um tony talks about how his grandfather and his great uncle built this church and how they were like like bricklayers they were bricklayers they came over from uh from italy Mm -hmm. and uh worked on a team of people to build this beautiful church he says uh go out now and try to find two guys who can put decent grout around your bathtub Mm -hmm. Um, and it sounds like that's new and kind of impressive information to meadow but why hasn't she heard this before this is like where she goes to school it's kind of weird i feel mm -hmm. like my dad would have told me that 10,000 times. Your dad's probably a little more open than Tony Soprano. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, we see sort of the, uh, I guess, what Tony was planning with uh, Silvio earlier is that uh, Artie, Artie's restaurant, because Artie would not leave, um, and Tony does not want that uh, that's a hit to go on there. Um, so Artie's restaurant is burned they like throw mm-hmm. like a little bomb or whatever into the uh into the kitchen it's set they, on fire but i think they make it seem like it was like this the stove yeah the stove exploded so that already can later collect insurance, insurance money yeah. and everything's gonna be fine yeah so um, it's more of a minor inconvenience yeah Artie's pretty shook up by it later yeah. on we'll see but uh um next scene back at the therapist office i guess this must be his third time going to the therapist because mm-hmm. he says uh he thinks he's all better um and the Prozac is working and good, but uh, Dr. Melfi points out Prozac actually does not work that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, so, so whatever you're feeling, talking. The, the talking, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Tony talks about this dream that he has. And I'm assuming this dream is very significant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very weird. Uh, <laughs> he, he says that in the dream, his belly button is a screw. When he unscrews it, his penis falls off. Then he runs around looking for the guy who used to work on his Lincoln car uh, to fix it. Um, but a bird grabs the penis in its beak and flies off with it. And then uh, he's very hesitant at the end of that, telling that to admit that it was a it was a duck. Well, he says it's it. some sort of water bird. I think. <laughs> yeah. And the doctor's like, "Okay, what are some kinds of water birds?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, you can see that Tony was really attached to these ducks. He does end up crying, and he uh-huh. kind of I almost don't like what they did here because it's like yeah, this dream is very significant, but then they tell us what it meant. Which yeah. is good, I guess, to know that Tony recognizes it, but I would have liked it to be more open to interpretation. Yeah. Because he tells because it's us. it's pretty clear what's yeah. going on. They didn't need to tell us. And <laughs> he's afraid that he's going to lose his family just like he lost the ducks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, next, we see sort of the birthday party redo mm-hmm. because the last one, he had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clear that... Uh, I feel like Tony's experienced a little bit of change. He seems very sentimental in how he's talking to everybody, mm-hmm. um, you know, as he looks off to the empty pool in yeah. front of him. Which is kind of like, you, you know, you hear like if somebody has a heart attack, like after the heart attack, they sometimes become more like warm and sentimental toward their loved ones and stuff. And he didn't have a heart attack, but he had a panic attack, which feels for the person having it similar to having a heart attack. So right. I thought that was interesting. Um, n- also, we see Tony talking to Christopher, um, who, again, is kind of a loose cannon. Uh, and I think it's interesting that there's a conflict between Tony and his uncle, mm-hmm. Junior. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like there's a little bit of a conflict between Tony and his nephew, Junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not Junior. Uh-huh. Christopher. Christopher. Now, um, this is the part I was talking about where somebody is considering getting out of the family business oh yeah this yeah is where he's telling tony that he he got like an offer to like sell his life story in in hollywood and possibly even be in the actor right in the, in the movie or show or whatever and tony's very upset by all this mm-hmm. um and that's similar and it, to like the movie goodfellas is sort of based yeah. on a and it thing me, like that even though i don't like christopher at all based on what we've seen here i did kind of like feel for him a little bit or feel for his plight at at this moment where you it seems like you are kind of just born into the the mafia and then how do you can you get out like i don't know it seems like it would be difficult to get out of even if you didn't want to be there which it kind of seems like tony doesn't really want to be there but what else is he gonna do right um and then we do see uh at the, at the, well, we see Uncle Junior driving Tony's mom to the party mm-hmm. because she had mentioned she needs driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junior insults Tony. This seems to un- upset uh, Tony's mother. Uh, Junior also implies that he may have to do something about Tony. Because Tony's like interfering in the way that Junior wants to do things, like with uh, killing that guy at that restaurant. Yeah. And um, she seems sort of concerned about that. And yeah. then the and last, yeah. Well, I was going to say, this part made us think, like, is Tony's mom going to kill the uncle or something? Because it's kind of like, 
he seems to be implying that he might kill Tony. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, if I had to guess, I, I wouldn't say that maybe she's going to kill him, but that she's going to tell him uh, yeah. that uh, he needs to do something about Uncle Junior. And yeah. in the final scene. And this also made me think, and I, again, I don't know the answer, but it made me think, like, did the uncle kill the dad? Kill Tony's dad? Yeah, I don't or know. Or something? Because he seems like... I mean, he kind of acts like a nice guy, but from this scene, you see that he's not a nice guy. Yeah, well, and you know, I do think in a show where you have a, uh, you know, a character like the main character's dad that is dead in mm-hmm. the opening thing in the first episode, but also we live in a world where people are getting killed all the time. You can really pull that in later. It could be you could yeah. do it, do a big reveal later on. Yeah. You know, it could be anybody. Yeah, this um, is also a little like Hamlety. Sure. Yeah, the the dad is dead. The uncle is hanging out with the mom. Then I, we got the guy who's having some issues. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I've never uh, read Hamlet. I've seen what? The Lion You've King. You've never read Hamlet? I've never read Hamlet. That's weird. Well, I've read. You're an English teacher. I read Macbeth. I might that's have read different. King Lear. Uh, that's different. Those I read the different. one with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. That's Hamlet. Really? Maybe I did read Hamlet then. <laughs> huh. Okay. That's the one with the. Well, a lot of them have ghosts, but it's the one with the ghost of the dad and. I don't know. Uh, All right. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the uh, final scene um, is uh, back at the party as Tony, um, Tony's mother and Junior arrive. Um, and the last thing we really see is uh, Tony's mother kind of talking to Tony as the camera goes toward the empty pool. And then we don't hear what they're talking about. Do no, we? we don't hear what they're talking about. And as the uh, credits hit, uh, the song The Beast in Me by Nick Lowe plays. Um that beast in me kind of like giving the vibe of like, you know, these are like bad people sort of in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's the end of the episode. And yeah. whew, let me tell you what, Gia, you already told us you don't really, you like it, but you, you think it's okay, but I, you're not into yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the feel that this is a good show, but not necessarily a show that I would enjoy watching. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I could have done with less of the Czechoslovakian stuff mm-hmm. and uh, some of those types of things. But in mm-hmm. general, I feel, I think it's crazy. Like, I mean, I guess this show, I don't know how serialized serialized it is, but like, it's crazy that a show like this even came out around then when On Demand wasn't even for a few years later, DVR and all that kind of stuff. Because it is like, man, like, if I don't start watching this in 1999 when it comes out, how am I going to really get into a show like this? But mm-hmm. but nowadays you can watch you it can and bang it out in a weekend. You, really, you, you, you really could, and uh, and I just <laughs> well, might you, do you that sometimes. Yeah, before kids. <laughs> now we're we're stuck. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I think I'm planning to maybe this could be a show I watch without you, but <laughs> it's a, I've got a show now I could watch as long as it's is all good, and I have never heard anything bad about it so no. I, i'll try not to listen because there's some shows i never got into that were they're like oh yeah breaking bad's good but you know this season is not great so it's like well i don't want to watch a whole season of something that's not great so i never yeah. heard anything bad like that about the sopranos no i haven't either and i will say the fact that this episode ended on like a family scene as opposed to like a big murder mafia murder scene mm-hmm. you know because it could have really gone either way that does make me a little more hopeful that this could be a show that I enjoy. Yeah. That it might lean toward um, more of the the psychological stuff that I'm into and and um, less into the violent stuff. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. 
I'm not sure. Well, if I do end up watching a lot of it, one thing I might want to check out is the prequel, which you mm-hmm. hinted at earlier. Mm-hmm. So there's a prequel movie coming out next year um, in 2020, in September of 2020, called The Many Saints of Newark. Mm. And Where are we going to find out if they were hippies? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but it stars Michael Gandolfini as a young Tony Soprano. Michael That's Gandolfini. Gandolfini's son. Yeah. And the, uh, there's James a- Gandolfini who is, has passed away. Yes, yeah. yeah. And um, there was recently an Esquire interview uh, with him, an article about him, and the, the headline and the sort of the, the tagline thing um, is Michael Gandolfini opens up about the difficult decision to, to portray Tony Soprano um, before he became young Tony in The Many Saints of Newark, his film debut, the son of James sat down and watched The Sopranos for the first time. So maybe we'll link to that article if yeah, you're interested in it to check it out. It's crazy to me that he's never watched this. It's a little crazy that he's never, never watched, watched it. it, but then again, he's only 20 years old. So, yeah, you know. But so, but but how nice is it for him? I mean, obviously awful to lose a parent. It's awful that his dad has passed away, but how cool to kind of get to now see his father you know through six seasons of this show oh yeah it's kind of like getting him back a little bit i think that that's what it would be like probably and that's That's probably part of the reason why it was so hard to watch it too because you know james gandolfini died you know it was a few years ago now and Uh he was probably around the age where you would want to even watch that show around the time he died Uh i mean he's not gonna watch it when he's like 10 years old right you know so Mm -hmm. um so yeah, that's something to uh, to keep an eye out for to check out. Um, and so that's that's the Sopranos, Gia. Mm-hmm. Look at that yeah, covering. We did it. Yeah, and that's off of a suggestion from uh, our fan Grant, uh, yeah, a uh, fellow again, OU Bobcat. Good, good suggestion. Good suggestion. Yeah, yeah thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyway, so next week, look, guys. We've had a lot of fun here. We've mm-hmm. talked about, gosh, this is our 26th episode. Yeah. So much TV out there. So much more to cover. But um, next week, we're going to do probably, pro- well, it'll definitely be a shorter episode than this one. We've been going almost an hour and a half. If you oh, stuck yeah. with us this long, oh my gosh, <laughs> you are such a cool person and we love you. Yeah. Um, but next week, probably a shorter episode. Um, but we're going to talk about not a specific first episode of something we're actually going to just kind of talk in general about season finales of tv shows mm-hmm. what because makes a good one what, what makes a good like, one what are some that we, we like. like it'll be a much looser episode mm-hmm. we're not going to go into super great detail about shows it'll be you know just a conversation because and why are we talking about season finales because look next week is well really this kind of is our season finale next week's kind of almost like a bonus episode in uh-huh. a way um but we're gonna take a little break a little hiatus for a few weeks mm-hmm. um and so Next week, we'll have a shorter episode, and then in October, we'll come back, and we're going to do a special Halloween episode, talking about Mm -hmm. some of our favorite Halloween episodes of TV. In November, we're going to come back and talk about some of our favorite Thanksgiving episodes of TV, and then in December, we're going to come back and talk about some of our favorite uh, Christmas episodes of TV, as well as our best TV of the year Mm -hmm. for um, New Year's, for New Year's, so we've got next week's season finale episode, and then four bonus episodes episodes till the end of the year and then our plan is to come back in 2020 and we're not sure yet if we're going to come back in january we're going to come back a little bit later but uh a little hiatus for us all here yeah, at you me and tv two. before season two so 
look, thank you so much for listening. If you're a fan, you know, you should uh, follow us on all social media and stuff. I'll go through that in a second, but, um, you know, don't unsubscribe because we'll be back. back. We're coming back, guys. Um, And we really appreciate everybody to listen uh, Mm -hmm. who's listened. But if you haven't listened to all the episodes, you can go back and they all work anytime. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, they're not timely necessarily. They're timeless. That's right. Like the show Timeless, which we have not covered, which I think there's a show called, I don't know. I think it's probably about (laughs) time travel. Who knows? (laughs) I don't don't know. Probably. (laughs) But look, (laughs) we've been talking about the Sopranos for about an hour and a half. And so I got to tell you this, guys, you should follow us on Facebook at you, me and TV on Twitter at you, me and TV pod on Instagram at you, me and TV podcast. Uh, if you want to, you can email us at you, me and TV podcast at gmail.com and please subscribe. Give us a nice five star review on Apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And, uh, we will be back next week though. And, uh, until then, uh, bye. bye.